welcome everybody to Ask a Wizard. Today is the last episode of the week, Friday, Friday stream, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Come on in, stay for a while, get some wizard readings, speak with a wizard, ask a wizard questions. You know the drill. If you would like to get a free reading, all you need to do is like, follow, and share to get share next to your name. My goal for the day is to try and get 15 eyeballs up here. So if you can help me reach 15 eyeballs by liking, following, and sharing, you will help us towards that goal. Share us with a friend, bring someone along, and get a free reading at the same time. I'm giving $10 readings away for free to people who share the stream. We're giving away, I believe, uh, four. You can check that in the description. It's either three or four. I don't really know. It's Friday stream. We're just having a good time, guys. Welcome, Taylor. How's it going, man? And yeah, so share this stream to a big old group. What, you're gonna, what we're going to do here is I am your battle mage, all right? There are these groups out there, and you're just going to send my bat me as the battle mage in there, and I'm going to grab as many eyeballs as I can and bring them in. We're going to turn them into owls. That's the deal. We're going to reach 15 eyeballs. That's the plan. And what do you get in return? Quite simple. I will give you a $10 reading for free. It's a pretty freaking great return, if you ask me. It's like one second to share, and then you get a $10 reading. It's like $600 an hour. It's insane. Insane. LaTanya, can I get a general reading? Uh, LaTanya, I gotta see share next to your name. So uh, all you had to do is click share to get share next to your name. And then, yes, you can acquire a general reading for free. Let's get that sharer. To get share next to your name, you have to, uh, I think you have to be liking and following the page. I'm not sure on that one. But I know you do for sure have to share it to a public group or a public page. We're trying to get the eyeballs up to 15, guys. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's get some shares. And we're also going to be talking about the lost art of craftsmanship. Legendary Alex Paxton in the chat. Welcome, Alex. How are you doing? You might be wondering, what is a wizard reading? Well, it's quite simple. A wizard reading involves me having studied archetypical story, philosophy, magic, and illusion. And I have this deck of cards right here. I use it as a memory palace. Each card represents a uh, different philosopher and archetypical story, and then I have memorized it with this deck in the form of a mnemonic system. You bring your individuality, and I say, hey, have you considered your problem from this perspective? What about this perspective? How about this one? And that's how a magic reading works. Thank you very much for the hearts. I'll eat those up. All right. Latanya says she has shared. Awesome. Very good. If you would like to get a reading like Latanya is about to receive, she's getting a free general reading. You can get one too by liking, following, and sharing the stream. When you do that, you will get sharer next to your name in the chat, and then you just say free reading, and then I give you a free reading. We're giving away four today. Latanya has just claimed the first one. We're trying to get the eyeballs up to 15, so throw me into some big group, and I'll grab the eyeballs and pull them in, and we'll turn them into owls. It's going to be a great time. Let's get this going, everybody, and let's get started here with Latanya. Latanya is looking for a general reading. What does Latanya need to know? What is in her current environment that she can take action on, that she should take action on, has the energy to take action on, and actually would take action on? So we see you starting at a state, the Two of Spades. So the Two of Spades is about uh, decision and choice regarding wisdom. So right now you're in a place where you're reconsidering the way that you think. Um, this has been because of new information entering in your environment. You're at a crossroads. Um, you're not really sure. You're kind of confused right now. So 
what are the three things in your environment you should take action on to help you make this decision? Awesome. All right. So we're seeing, wow, Latanya, you're just, choice is all over the place today. You're, you're definitely in a split dilemma here. So the first thing we're seeing here is the two of wands. So the two of wands is a choice regarding uh, spiritual matters, uh, deep philosophical things that are important to you. Uh, this could be your religion, your philosophy, your core beliefs. Um, so we're seeing the decision about thoughts is kind of being tied in with, well, what is the right thing to do? as well. Welcome, TJ. Welcome. We're trying to get the eyeballs up to 15 today, so if you guys can help by sharing this to a big public group or share it to your wall, you will help us get to 15 eyeballs, and once you've done that, awesomely enough, you will also get a $10 free reading. So come on in. Get a $10 reading for free and help the wizard spread out. I am your battle mage. Send me to fight for your eyeballs. Now, the two of hearts here is about a choice regarding relationships or emotions. So we're seeing conflict of the way that we think, conflict of our beliefs, and conflict of emotions. We're seeing a huge amount of choice here and just not knowing where to go. So that's a, that's a puzzle. We might need to go a little bit deeper uh, into a more like a paid style reading, but obviously I'll, I'll go do that for free for you because you shared. Um, but this is a lot of decision here. We need to get more info on that. So let's find out here. The last one we see is the seven of wands. So the seven of wands is saying no matter what this conflict is here, the confidence in our faith is the most important. So we really want to ground things on the spiritual level, on your principles, um, because man, this is just a lot of choices. Okay. So what is the transformation of these choices going to result in? Completion of a financial journey. So the end so this is saying that these choices, the two of spades, the two of hearts, the two of uh, wands are being brought about because of the completion of a financial chapter or a health chapter in your life that's um, basically causing you to um, have to rethink things. You're looking at the way the economy is going or maybe your job or the future careers and you're thinking, wow, I have to, there's a bunch of options now on the table. So let's get some more insights here. What info do we need to know for LaTanya and myself that will give us more clarity into this problem? Let's see here. All right. So there's the financial. So things are, it's not like, it's not really bad, but things are a little tight financially right now. And with the completion of the chapter, the financial chapter, seeing around, seeing the chaos, it's causing a little bit more anxiety than normal. Um, so this is regarding that money situation. Invested today in stash. Okay. Okay, that's making sense. So now the king of spades here is saying this might also be tied into someone that you're close to. This could be a husband, a boyfriend, uh, or a father. But a strong male figure in your life um, is also involved in this decision process. However, it's looking to me like the... Uh, that's awesome to see you invested in stash. Uh, I don't know what that is, but... Uh, good for you. <laughs> so the nine of hearts is about the attainment of emotion. The So what's really being, it's, it's really confusing here. Man, this is, I, I need more information. Wow, you are one of the most complicated people I've read on the stream so far. Um, so you have the completion of emotion or attainment of an emotion with your, with a male, strong male figure here. You're grinding through a financial time here. 
and then there's the choice of the emotion. Okay, so we're brought back to the logic. So we have the choice of the logic that's related to the man. So what is the axiomatic alignment of the situation? There we go. Okay, okay, so we got the pyramid structure here. That's giving us the insight. Uh, and for all of you who are obsessed with the Illuminati, get out of here, you're, you're garbage. Um, I don't need another three weeks of you telling me that I'm in the Illuminati. Um, <laughs> but the four of hearts is the axiomatic alignment. Okay, so this is making a lot more sense here, Latanya. So the grounding thing, what really needs to be put here at play is that seven of wands is the confidence in your spirituality and focusing on getting control of your emotions right now. Right now, there's a lot of choices going on, but a lot of these choices aren't real choices. That's why when I'm looking at them, I'm not feeling something there. It just kind of feels like that's what the card says, but I don't feel it. Um, so what this is telling me is a lot of these problems aren't even real. They're kind of like these scenarios you're making up in your head of like, well, if this happens, then that, and then if that happens, and then you're, you're creating false choices that you'll make in the future. And it's kind of caused by this uh, lack of emotional stability. So we really want to focus in on that. Let's uh, stabilize our emotions. Let's get a little bit more confident. Just deep breaths, relax, think a little bit more logically. And I think we're going to find out that this is going to be fine. <laughs> they wouldn't take you in the Illuminati. Uh, first of all, TJ, uh, I am not in the Illuminati, but if we were in the Illuminati, of course, we would meet uh, regularly and have potlucks and, uh, you know, good times together. Um, so, obviously, I'm not in the Illuminati. That's absurd. Why would you ever think that I'm in the Illuminati? That's just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so Latanya, uh, that is the reading I have for you today. Um, now that you know that I'm not in the Illuminati, uh, what's the other ones that they have to do? Oh, yeah, is the tongue? Uh. <laughs> um, and if you'd like to get a free reading like Latanya just did, and you want to help us with a goal, I am your battle mage. Cast me into a large group of people onto Facebook. Publicly share this stream and you will help us get the eyeballs up to 15. That is our goal for the evening is to hit the eyeballs of 15. And if you do that, you will be justly rewarded as a pirate owner. Uh, you will get your share of a $10 reading for free. So bring your friends in. Let them see you get a reading live right now. It's a $10 reading. You get it for free just by sharing the stream publicly. There's been a few people who have said, I do not want to share publicly. Uh, in the past, actually only one out of the, gosh, 15,000 people we've reached so far, one person has told me that. If that's the case, tag a friend. That works too. Bring them in. Let them join. Get them a reading. Why not? If you're a regular and you don't want a reading, you just want to chill, bring a friend in. Tag them. I, I'm fine. I'm totally cool. You don't have to just share, especially if you're a regular. If I know... If I know you, if you're an owl, you get special privileges. You know that. <laughs> if they were going to take a magician, they'd take Blaine. <sighs> I don't know. David Blaine probably would just be like, no. Um, guys, it's been my dream to be in the Illuminati since I was four. And then I became in the Illuminati. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> it blew me away. His, I broke the world record for holding my breath. It's been a dream since I was a child. And his introduction like, yeah, I uh, broke the world record for holding my breath. I was really excited. <laughs> and he was just like, 
Are you? Are you excited? That's <laughs> not how I would react to accomplishing my childhood dreams. I'll share, but I won't tag two friends like all the giveaways on platforms. That works totally. I, I don't know. Uh, for the other person, it was like, I guess they shared it to a group and people yelled at them, but then they tagged in their friend and then they had a great time. So that was the, the alternative for them. Uh, Izzy Garza, I finally like to receive a reading. Awesome, Izzy. All right. Uh, Izzy, I do not see share next to your name. Come on, Izzy. You got this. I believe in you, Izzy. It's time. It's time to get Shara next to your name and to get your reading. Let's go. I believe in you. The power of Izzy. Not to be confused with Izzy the Iguana, who is a great character in Dora the Explorer. And uh, once you have gotten shared, awesome. Thank you very much, Izzy. Uh, what would you like a reading regarding? Let me know. General reading, uh, specific reading, anything you want in between. We could do some pendulum stuff. I could do a book reading. We haven't done one of those in a while. Speaking of which, did I mention I sell books? <laughs> I haven't been selling any books during the uh, beer sniffles, though. Just because uh, with the farmer's market shut down and uh, just I don't want to be pushing for sales. In any sort outside of just the uh, loving support that you guys give me on paypal.me forward slash askawizard. Um, because during the beer sniffles, I want you saving your monies. Um, if you need a book, you could go. I don't know. Can you go to a library? Our library shut down. Think about it. Nobody goes to libraries. The virus is probably not there, right? Right? Sorry, beer sniffles. <laughs> what would you like a reading regarding, Izzy? Let me know. Welcome all. Share this page. We want to get to 15 eyeballs. Yeah, let's do it. Sharing gets you so many great rewards. Izzy, Izzy, can you make a noise for me, Izzy? What would you like a reading regarding? <laughs> While we wait. Oh no, or you just drop it. God, that was bad. <laughs> there is a lot going on in my life and has been for the past two years. I feel lost when it comes down to my passions and gifts. Tell me what you get for me. Awesome, Izzy. All right. Well, I mean, not awesome. I'm sorry to hear that, but that's not a bad uh, situation to be. It means that you're just a hero going on their journey. You're starting out, you know, you have all these different options in the world before you. You can think of the deck of cards in a lot of ways being like that. And each one of these represents different information that I've read and learned about archetypical story. So what you have to understand is that the world right now, the way that it is, um, it's in a situation that's designed to destroy, I saw the card upside down in there, sorry about that. Um, it's designed to destroy your purpose and meaning because this is the kingdom of Satan. Uh, the TV, the flashing boxes, the media, uh, they're using this to try and take away your sense of meaning and purpose so that you don't believe in your individuality and instead get sucked up into one of their stories. But that's not the truth, Izzy. And while there is an active war against you not knowing that, um, that is the truth. You're an individual and you're the hero of your own story. And everyone has a story to play out and everyone's story is important. And what we need to do is figure out what yours is. So right now, you feel like you lack a story. You're starting out here, Ten of Diamonds. Making a lot of sense. You're starting out with the completion. With the completion. I did. I did cut it. <laughs> with the, you're starting out with the completion of 
a financial chapter in your life. The, the beer sniffles has happened. The story has been wiped clean. The economy's burning up. Uh, you just see everything growing down. But keep in mind, this is fertilizing the ground. Now you're stuck here. You're sitting here and you're like, what do I do? What is my life? What's my journey? I'm not one to give into the fear of the world. I just feel stuck mentally in that, if that makes sense. It does. So what we need to do is figure out how do we get you towards a state where you can begin your hero's journey. So what is in your environment that you could act on, that you should act on, and that you would act on that's going to help you get from this state of a completed financial chapter, you're seeing everything burn up, you just don't know where do I go from here, to moving you to starting a new journey. Wow, okay, Izzy, powering, powering up here. We got the king of uh, wands, we got the queen of wands, and the queen of spades all three showing up here so this is intense wow okay so the king of wands is about knowledge and awareness of the spiritual so this is saying that we need to start acting on first philosophy um first principles what's coming to mind for me is plato i think this anything from plato is going to be really beneficial for you. Um, particularly the trial and death of Socrates is a great place to start. You don't need to get the entire works, um, though there's no reason not to. I would check that out. You can find it online for free because it's like 4,000 years old. So it's kind of public domain. Um, and I would highly recommend starting there. Grounding yourself philosophically uh, in core principles, in what is truth, what is reality, the nature of reality, things of that nature this is going to be very beneficial for you. Now, the second card we have here is the Queen of Spades. So this is about patience with thinking. So right now, what this is saying is there's kind of a tendency here to um, start an idea and then that's it. We just, we, we have the idea and then it kind of fizzles out. Um, what this is saying is let's be patient. Let's, let's, not disregard those ideas. Those are gifts and that's awesome. But let's write them down, catch them, and then make sure that we have one set as our priority right now. So what I'm saying is don't throw the ideas away. We'll get to them in the future. And then that gives you some time of retrospection and be like, that was a dumb idea. That's a good idea, which is a good filter. Um, but it's also giving them the respect that they deserve. And it's making sure that you focus on one idea now. One idea, and you could do this in three months, six months, 12 month timelines where this is the idea that we're really focusing on. So these are core concepts. So uh, for example, you're starting a business. Right now what we're focusing on is sales. Uh, we wanna improve our sales. Yeah, but there's 50 different ways we could do that. Yeah, but we're working on this system right now. This is the one system we're gonna use. So you may be doing multiple things to fix sales, but you're gonna follow one particular system for whatever it recommends as the timeline to test it, if you will. Finally, we got the Queen of Wands, which is a patience about spiritual development. Now, seeing that coming up with the king, these do have a synergy here. So we have basically the mother and the father, and they are saying basically the guiding principles of balancing the logos with the pathos, making sure that we're aligning ourselves axiomatically in a way that is meaningful to us outside of, hey, Dale, thank you very much. Welcome, Dale. How's it going, man? Uh, thank you for joining. So the king and the queen coming together is the, the, you know, the yin, the yang, the, the energetic forces, the grounding, the sun and the moon, 
what this means for you here is we want to make sure that we're taking a holistic approach. We're grounding ourselves in a rock of philosophy, of truth and wisdom. And then from there, we're building our wisdom and our knowledge and our patience and making sure that we account for the emotions as well. If you choose to take these three things into account, you can expect the transformation of the Fool. The best card to see at the start of your journey. Once you start grounding yourself and thinking in the long term like that, and you've filtered out some of the bad ideas and got a set goal, you can expect your journey to begin. This is the start of a journey. This isn't the completion of a journey. This is a card that means ups and it means downs. It's covering your eyes, walking off the cliff, and starting a new adventure. You're going to run into some challenges, but this is going to be a fun and amazing time. This is my favorite card to see as a wizard. I like to grab you by the scruff, throw you out of your hobbit hole, and get you on your adventure. So this is really awesome to see showing up here. And that is the reading I have for you today, Izzy. And I hope that you enjoyed that. Come back. Let us know if you're able to start on your hero's journey. If not, we can help you push you along. I am a wizard. That's my entire job. And thank you for letting me give you a reading. Let's check out the comments. If you want to get a reading like Izzy just did, we're trying to get the eyeballs up to 15. 15 eyeballs. You can help us doing that by liking, following, and sharing this. When you share, you will get share next to your name. As a reward, I will give you a $10 reading like Izzy just received for free uh, by sharing the stream. So go ahead and do that for me now. Let's catch up with the comments. Not giving in to fear. Izzy, I had a feeling the fool would show up. Awesome. Uh, I've been fighting the idea to start writing a book. That's making a lot of sense. So the reason that might be you're struggling with these ideas is you really need to, like, if you read Plato, you're going to start thinking the thoughts that are worthy of being written down. Because you're going to be thinking about things that we don't have the logistical uh, ability, I guess, to, to articulate them in any other way than through symbols. So they're, they're problems that are so profound that our only methodology for communicating them is through art, expression, uh, writing, and... That is the way that we interact with those ideas. And Plato is going to provide you with the thinking patterns necessary to do that. There is a notification bell. That is correct, TJ. Thank you. So yeah, Izzy, let me know if that was accurate. Was that accurate for you? Was it beneficial? Did it give you some uh, guidance and directions? Let me know in the comments below. And I will uh, look forward to seeing if this was beneficial for you. And come on back, please. It'll be... Uh, good to see and bring your friends bring them along and we'll give them a reading too if they're online right now tag them in here i'll give them a reading as well for free and it will be a good old time so i think uh we kind of got caught up with a bunch of readings right there in the beginning there but uh that's perfectly fine we have two remaining free readings but we should probably address the title of today's stream <laughs> How many minutes in are we? And I'm going to address the title of the stream today. My goodness. Um, I, <laughs> people are probably landing on here and they're like, what? what does this have to do with craftsmanship? So the topic I wanted to discuss today is something that I kind of want to bring back, at least within the owls. Um, Izzy says, thanks. 
Thank you, man. It was on spot. I am a believer and I do find myself wanting to dig into spirituality more. Awesome, Izzy. That's going to be awesome. Well, Plato is a great um, because it's about thinking philosophically. Um, it does prove that God exists multiple times um, through philosophical proofs, but that's not the entire point of the book. The The book's more about thinking and logic and truth. And so in, in that regard, um, while it does prove God, it doesn't... Um, it's not all about that. It's a, that's a very small part of what the book is about. It's more about practical, how to think is really what it comes down to. Um, so this concept that I want to talk about is it's called craft is the lost art of craftsmanship. And what this means is I've noticed that there's been a trend. I think since the internet became, is becoming more and more popular where there's really been a lack in craftsmanship. And what I mean by that is not, in the the micro so like you can go to youtube right now and you can find the best of pretty much anything and while that's incredible and I, i'm personally obsessed with it i love seeing people who are very competent at things it doesn't really matter what the thing is as long as they're competent at it i really enjoy seeing someone just just really fantastic at a thing it, it really it, it, there's something magical about that in a way magic is kind of like that art which magic captures that in a lot of ways with the way that you present something because you're taking a very small mundane thing and you're just taking it to such an extreme level of practice that you're able to accomplish things that seem impossible with ordinary objects because of that craftsmanship dedication by the way if you'd like to get a free reading like izzy and uh jeez forgot who who do we we just did one. <laughs> my, my bad uh like jeez izzy and latanya lizzie izzy and latanya just received ten dollar readings you can get one too by liking following and sharing that will get share next to your name and qualify you for the ten dollar reading we are trying to reach 15 eyeballs you can help us doing this by sharing us to a big old groups and when you do that I will grab their eyeballs and turn them into owls, and you will get a $10 reading as a reward. So help us reach 15 eyeballs today. Welcome Austin, legendary Austin in the chat, and do so today. Or tag a friend, bring them in. Let's go. Let's get these eyeballs up, everybody. So back to craftsmanship. So the last art of craftsmanship is about implementing perfection back into your life. Because the internet has left us in a situation where you can kind of find people who are the best at everything, and that causes us to disregard it, or at least that's the trend I see. The, the average person no longer strives for deep mastery of a skill. They just settle for, well, someone else has done that. And so what I'd like the owls to do is pick things that they can become very good at, uh, excel in competence at. This doesn't mean it has to be your thing for life, but just pick a skill set and become incredibly competent at it. And setting perfection as your ideal, knowing that you're not going to reach perfection, but how great could you become at a very specific skill set in three months or six months? Um, and so that's kind of what I'd like to bring back with the owls is just having tangible, real skill that you can work on every day and see progress on. Um, this has been very beneficial for me in my life. Magic is so powerful for me because it's something that I can always see myself getting better and better at and practicing at and improving at, and there's no real pinnacle to how good I can become. And 
having that kind of thing is very beneficial for you psychologically, but teaching you how to learn, how to act in the world, and how to improve. Jim says, stop picking at us. Picking, pick a skill set and eat a bunch of... Uh, stop picking at us. What? I don't understand what you mean, Jim. You can't do it in a few months. Can't do what in a few months? You can do so many skills in a few months. You can learn how to use chopsticks in a few weeks. Probably a few days. Probably a few hours. You could learn how to... Jim, you're not a very smart person, are you? I think we're going to have to ban you for life. That's not true at all. You can learn a magic trick in like five minutes. Here, guys. We're going to learn a magic trick for a gym before we ban him for life. All right. Look at that. I removed my finger. Wasn't that cool? Look. Whoa. Wasn't that crazy? All right. So how does it work, guys? You can practice this at home. Get a mirror. So the trick is I have the thumb, and then I wrap my thumb around my finger here. See? So it makes a perfect match, and so I can pull it off. And then... To make it look like it's back on, I simply twist my hand, covering the thumb, and then grabbing the thumb before, so it looks like the thumb's here, and then it's there. That's the subtlety. That's how you take it to the next level. You see, because you could remove the thumb, but then you can grab the thumb and have it look like it's right there. So practice that a few times in the mirror, and in a couple of hours, you too will be able to do magic. <laughs> no? Listen, this is like silly. You can do a ton in a week also. No, it's like... Jim's, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Jim, uh, I'm a member of the Magic Castle. I've done magic uh, since I was eight years old. I have 20 years of experience. Uh, I didn't say my finger disappeared. I didn't make my finger disappear. I could if you'd like. You want me to take it and just pop it off, put it back on? I could do that too, but, you know, I, I didn't feel like that was a good trick to teach people in five minutes. And you guys can do magic too in about five minutes with just a few tricks. Um... Obviously, if you want to be a magician, you could go and commit you know, 20 years to doing it, uh, like some of us have. Or, you know, you could not. <laughs> I do magics all the time. Uh, that's cool. Good for you, bud. Um, <laughs> maybe you should uh, make your skill set spelling for uh, the skill that you'd like to improve on in under three to six months. So back to what we were saying, you can learn skills very quickly. Um, and so what I would recommend doing is picking skills that you could focus on, setting a time frame, three months, six months, a year. And by doing that, what you're really doing is setting up uh, things that you can see yourself progressing on, improving on, and it will improve your mood and your uh, feeling of life. You can spend a lot of your life feeling like you're not going anywhere and then your life just becomes kind of pointless, aimless. You have no uh, metric of improvement. There's no objective way for you to know that you're becoming better. And for most people, when you don't have that objective measure, you don't. And then you get caught up in things that don't matter. And you spend time looking at the flashing box in front of you, stealing your time away, stealing your life away. You spend time engaging in conversations that don't bring value. You spend your time watching the entertainment of others and you don't get any closer to anything new. So by bringing this into your life and practicing a skill that you can improve on day in and day out, it grounds you in the world of improvement. And that can bleed not into just that activity, but to everything else you do in your world. I did this with I am's every morning to help build my confidence. It helps a ton. Ah, oh, that's awesome, Izzy. Glad to hear that it was helpful. 
Hey, I wasn't supposed to take over your whole video, but what is magics? That's uh, the misspelling of magic. No, that's fine, Jim. Sorry. I have a... Okay. So let's, let's give a backstory, Jim. Um, I've banned over 6,000 people from this page. <laughs> you, you can rifle through the skulls of my banned list. Um, we, we've gone through... So I'm, I'm a pretty aggressive anti-troller. Uh, I, I tend to ban and ask questions later. Um, but what you're looking at here is what is magics? Uh, that's the misspelling of the word magic. Um, are you talking about magic tricks? Are you talking about the pagan religions? Are you talking about the act of trying to utilize one's will to manipulate the will of the universe and thereby go in contradiction to the Lord? Anything? <laughs> you can spell it. No, no, actually you can't. It's not true. Hence the word spelling. 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 To spell something. To create a spell. Language has meaning and purpose and origins. It's kind of the fundamental thing of magic. Hmm. And you're probably banned some of your best. That's incorrect. Um, I would highly doubt it. I highly, highly doubt it. TJ is definitely top tier fan. Uh, and I, I mean, I wouldn't even call him my fan. He's a, he's a friend. He's awesome. And Austin's a legend. Wise Owl is legendary. Happy Owl is legendary. In fact, I can tell who's awesome because they have owl names and they're super cool and I recognize them in the chat. The word never made sense to anyone I talked to, so I don't, so it don't matter much. It 100% matters. People's lack of understanding of a principle doesn't mean that it doesn't have meaning. Most people don't know what it means to be uh, virtuous, but that doesn't mean that virtue isn't important. Spelling makes a huge difference. Uh, absolutely does. That's why we call the beer sniffles the beer sniffles. We break the symbol. How do I become an owl? It's very simple, Izzy. All you need to do to become owlified is think of an owl name. So you think of a word that would be you plus the word owl followed by it. So it could be like, uh, you know, neat owl or pretty owl or starry owl, whatever uh, you like. And then you let me know and then we owlify you. By the way, while we're having this fun discussion, uh, like, follow, and share to get share next to your name. And if you would like to get one of the two remaining free readings, all you need to do is get share next to your name. And that will qualify you for the $10 reading for free. Word, perfections, and names. Yeah, actually, if you, if you read the book, uh, Plato, back where I'm at right now, uh, let's see. Reading about names and the importance of them. Uh, here it is. It's called... Cradleus, Cradleus, right here. Check it out. It's written by Plato. It's about how you're wrong. So maybe read about it. It's pretty cool to find out how wrong you are. Um, names, words, symbols, spelling, all have deep and incredibly important significance um, and profound importance and significance. So you might want to check it out and learn from people who are... Uh, Wiser than us both. <laughs> no, it's fine. 
No, Jim is just playing along. Jim is di is having fun. I can tell. Jim is just asking questions. He hasn't been here. Doesn't know the the story. He's a new guy, and that's fine. What's different from Jim is he isn't coming in calling me a demon owl cult uh, scammer who's in the Illuminati and uh, brainwashing people. So th that's good too. <laughs> or what's the other great one? Uh, just uh, the the demon people. That's always fun. The Jesus compels you. Get out. <laughs> I know I'm not an owl because that cat caught a baby owl one time and then we saved it and it was uninjured because we taught the cat about gentleness and then it flew away. The owl is probably wiser than us both. I love this guy. Yeah, the owls are awesome. Speaking of which, they ominously approach. Um, <laughs> but also owls are freaking monsters. It's a, it's a good thing the, like an owl will wreck a cat instantly. It's intense. Um, the things are psychotic. Uh, just amazing killers. I agree with you, Jim. Oh, Lava, trust me. I know full well what Jim is doing. I, bought him. I brought him here. <laughs> I know. No, I know. What I'm saying is Jim is different from the, the standard uh, worm, like the worm person. The worm person who comes in and is just like, but I want attention and the world should be about me rather than accomplish things and make goals and, and improve myself. What I'm going to do is devote my time to tearing down other people because then I can feel a little bit better about myself. You know, the, the standard worm mentality. It's just nasty. Nasty people. And they're sad. They're very sad. And then there were two. Then there were two. Izzy, did you get your owl name? I don't think you did. <laughs> did we ever read an Aesop's Fable? I don't think we read an Aesop's Fable. What if I just did a full live reading right now of Kratos uh, from Plato? Just from start to finish. What is the serendipitous fact that the book that I'm reading in Plato right now is regarding the thing that Jim is wrong about? Isn't that weird? Builder, can I type? Ooh, you should consider joining the dwarves, Jim. The dwarves are awesome people if you're a builder. The ability to set a plan into motion and then to take action on it is a glorious skill set. That is an admirable skill that is foundational to our country, and I salute you for doing that. That's very awesome. Good job. Builder, can I type? What is it? I am a builder. Builder, can I type? Do please. Uh, Speak the English? Yeah. I speak English, Jim. I'm sorry. I can't understand what you're saying. I wasn't even trying to be right. It's not about trying to be right. You, you just either are or not. It's a math problem. 2 plus 2 equals 4. It doesn't equal 5. It doesn't equal 3. It's not a thing that you just become. You just, you know, it's binary. True, false. Simple. What's the copyright calling on reading the entire book? What's the copyright calling on the reading? Oh, that's funny. That's true. Because no one does that. No one ever does a live reading of a book. So what is the copyright on that? Huh. I guess if I paused, right? If I paused and discussed my thought process on the book, then it would be 
like, uh, what do you call it, transformative content, right? I'm taking it, analyzing it, discussing it, and then moving to the next paragraph. So that should be allowed. I think that'd be covered, right? Special, well, Plato's in the public domain, so I could read that for forever, and there's no repercussions. Uh, the small keyboard sucks, and I keep hypoing. No, it ain't. Leave math out of this. Uh, no, I will bring math into it because I know how to think. And it is exactly like that. It's 100% like that. It's called objective reality. That which repeats. That which is true. Uh, that which is. That's philosophy, which you can learn about in Plato. Might want to check it out. It's pretty cool. I read Robin Hood and His Merry Men aloud. Just do it. Just do what? Oh no! Are you trying to get me banned by Nike? <laughs> they're doing a, they're doing themselves. Uh, they're doing that well enough themselves. Nike's gonna ban their own existence. They're, uh, I don't know what they're gonna do with this beer sniffle thing, man. That's a, that's a really, really small margin company, and all of their productions in China, right? They're probably screwed. Jeez, I wonder what's gonna happen to Nike. There's got to there's gotta be a lot of companies that are 100% relying on China. I wonder what that's going to be like. Just, cause I'm, I'm assuming we're not just going to go back to shipping products from China, right? Can't. Doesn't seem like, after all this bad blood, that's got to... People are going to be like, we should probably build stuff in America again, huh? Huh, that's going to be interesting to see. That'll be fun pattern to look for. No, this is yucky, and math is pure and clean. Uh, yes, that's why I brought the concept into math. Um, typically, people who are tricked by their feelings and emotions are uh, easily fooled by words. They fall into what's called cognitive dissonance, so they enter a hallucinatory state, and then they imagine things that people said that they didn't. Um, and to try and justify being right. So if you bring it to the mathematical, uh, it strips the emotion from that. So if I present a mathematical formulation for you, it stands as a testament regardless of your emotional state and can't be dissuaded with it. That's why I used math. You could learn about this in Plato. It's quite fun. You might want to check him out. He's pretty awesome. Also Aristotle. Aristotle's legit. I'm not getting math in trouble. I'm getting math perfectly. It's called logic. Reasoning. The arcane odds. <laughs> Speaking of which, Jim, you know what you should do? You should take this stream, and you should send me as your battle mage. Become a dwarf. And, well, actually, that wouldn't be the role of the dwarf. What would that be? I guess a pirate? Join my pirate ship. What is the pirate ship's role? It's quite simple. We're sailing in the seas of the internet right now. I'm a battle mage. Take me. Cast me into a group, a large group with many eyeballs, and I will grab as many eyeballs as I can, and I will stick them up here. And we will see how many eyeballs that we can claim. If you do this, Jim, I will reward you with a $10 reading for free. That is your bounty on this pirate ship. If you calculate that out per hour, that's about $600 an hour of free readings. Of course, I only give you one, but that's beside the point. It's a great reward. So go forth. Cast me into the groups. I shall do battle with them and grab their eyeballs. And you too can join this ship. Can you sail under the flag of a wizard? 
What was the line? I don't know anything else from Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, no. <laughs> well, stop getting mad. My emotional state is a bit jovial. Eh, it's not really. I'm not playing a dwarf. I know you can't be a dwarf. You don't have the, uh, the, the skill set, technicalities, or the uh, equipment, and I don't have the time or resources to, uh, to give them to you. But the, dwarf are, the dwarves are awesome. So the dwarves are my army who mine my content for valuable nuggets, and then they cut it up and put it on social media for me. They're amazing people. But I uh, do not have the time to bring on more dwarves because I have to help them and teach them and tutor them and give them value in exchange because I believe in equal exchange. I like to give people value when they give me value. I pay you if the reading is good. That's how I do all of my readings, Jim. The last guy was so good, I'd probably marry him. That's sad. Why would you do that? Um, also, I'm tall and and lanky. Good for you, Jim. Uh, I don't. I'm gonna guess that you're six one. That's my guess. How accurate am I? Six one. Uh, I'm. I'm just. I'm the perfect height in my mind. I'm the height where if I was any more tall, I'd kind of be weird. But I'm not short either, so I, I like it. I'm I'm at a happy, healthy. What are you at, Jim? Six one? Is it six one? Come on, come on. I know that if I give you mine first, you're not going to tell me yours because then you're going to change it and be deceptive and lie. So I have to wait for you. What is it, Jim? Is it six one? Maybe I'm five. Am I five three? Do you think I'm five three? No, I didn't look it up. I just took a guess. <laughs> I'm a wizard. This is literally my job. I read people for a living, Jim. Come on, man. Cast me into a group, claim the eyeballs, join the clan, and you too can sail under the flag of a wizard. Do you not see the power before you, Jim? Come forth. Claim your prize. I'm 6'3", by the way. So I'm, I'm just under giant class where people look at me and go, Ugh. But also a good, nice, healthy one. I'm just below that thresh line where if you're about an inch taller, you start getting back problems. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm very happy with my height. Sure, it would be nice. It would be. It, it, being tall is vastly, vastly overrated. Um, kind of extraordinarily so. It, it bothers me. Because people who aren't tall think about being tall all the time, which bothers me. Um, because they haven't been tall and they don't realize that it's not actually a big deal at all. In fact, it's a super big inconvenience. It messes up your back. It makes hide-and-seek virtually impossible. You're a bigger target. You don't make a good soldier. It's just, there's an endless list of reasons why being tall is not a good thing. And a few good things, like you don't need a stepladder sometimes. And you're like, great. Liz would like to get a loaf reading. All right, Liz, let's do it. Let's do it, Liz. But Liz, I don't see Cher next to your name. You want the $10 reading. You got to get Cher next to your name. Help us get these eyeballs up. We want to get to 15 eyeballs, Liz. Go ahead. Share it. Share it out into a large group, and we shall capture some eyeballs. And I will return the favor by giving you $10 reading for free. The $10 reading, Liz. All yours for the simple cost of a share. Come forth, Liz. Claim your reading. I believe in you. I see the power, and 6'3 helps a lot. I like tall. Um, yeah, I don't. 
I don't like being tall. It's kind of a burden. I like, I like the height I'm at now because Alex is also tall. And so I get to have the, that's like one of the rare times there's a benefit is I get to have model height Alex and, um, I can, and it's not awkward. <laughs> it's not like she's here and I'm here and like, hi, <laughs> I, I like that. So it, it's still the right proportions. You almost said my name when you were trying to say, I did, I did, that's true. To a group, uh, it could be to a group list. You don't have to share it to a group. Um, it would just help us get the eyeballs up. You can also do your wall or tag a friend. You've been here a few times. You don't need to bring a bunch of people in, but it, every eyeball helps because I like to let people see what I do and then uh, they enjoy it and then they come back and then we get more owls and then our ship becomes bigger and then soon, so soon, we take over the internet. It'll be glorious, absolutely glorious. <laughs> All right, Liz, I'm seeing you starting off with a reading. Let's get this going. What does Liz need to know regarding relationships? Very interesting indeed. Now we're gonna go that. Uh, let's try something new here. All right. Yeah, they do tend to make people happy. All right, so we're gonna get some cards out here on the table. All right, there's one. All right. So we have the strength of the situation. We have the weakness of the situation. Opportunities that are available. Opportunities, all right. And which one represents where Liz is now? Oh, right there, okay. Sweet. And what does Liz need to work towards? Okay. Sweet. All right, so we've got our cards eliminated. Now we figured it out. Let's find out some information. You're doing it live? Yes, Jim, I am doing this live. By the way, if you'd like to get a free reading, like, follow, and share to get Sharer next to your name. And you can get the $10 reading that Liz is about to receive right now. Help us get up to 15 eyeballs, and you too can get the $10 reading for free. We have one free reading remaining, so share now. Or wait until tomorrow. Nine, or not tomorrow, tomorrow's Saturday. Monday, 9 p.m. Pacific Coast time, Monday through Friday. I do these live every Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. All right, let's take a look. What is the strengths of the current situation for Liz? Ooh, Seven of Diamonds. Okay, so Seven of Diamonds is about taking action on the physical, the monetary, the health. So what this is saying is right now we're in a point where we're very confident with um, where we are physically and financially. This is meaning uh, this is a good point for us where we can actually feel confident in our looks and our self. Um, we're not kind of doing that whole like, I'm so ugly, no one could ever love me thing, which is common. It happens for people who are unattractive and need to fix that and people who are beautiful and just are insecure so it's great to see that that's not an issue coming up for you right now um now however the weakness at play here 
is the eight of spades. Okay, so this is about advancement in wisdom. So this is telling me the weakness of your situation right now is you tend to overthink things. So you're kind of um, going into a situation and you're kind of just like, oh, uh, I don't, does he like me? Does he not like me? Uh, he's, he hates me. He's mad at me. He's angry. I can tell. He's upset at me. He's cheating on me. I know it. I know he's cheating. I'm overthinking things. That's not true. He's not cheating. But he's angry. He's very sad. I can tell. I can see he's upset. That's the, 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 the ideas that we got going through. Um, yeah, seven, well, no, actually, seven of one, uh, seven of diamonds represents uh, seven of pentacles. It's uh, the material world. Seven of cups would be the hearts. Uh, hearts being the cups. Seven of diamonds is pentacles. It's, so it's grounding in the physical, the physical attractiveness. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm seeing here with the eight of spades is there's like, it's kind of conspiracy. I think I have a weird theory about this and it might be completely wrong, but I think that um, a strong difference between men and women is women internalize conspiracy theories. They do conspiracy theories in their head. Men externalize conspiracy theories. So we look to conspiracies in the world and we construct them um, and women tend to think of them internally and create like an internal narrative. So I think that that's the, the inner and the outer. It's a theory of mine. Um, and I'm seeing that going a little rampant here. So let's just, let's just make sure that, that we're okay there. Liz said, I shared to my page. Thank you very much, Liz. You rock. Um, is your page called Seven of Cups? Or were you just saying Seven of Diamonds there? Um, let me know in the comments below, Liz. Now, what is an opportunity that's available to you right now that you should know regarding your love life? Ooh, all right. Jack of Hearts showing up. Okay, so Jack of Hearts is saying there's probably somebody in the uh, area right now who's... Uh, Perhaps we could call a, a prospect. This might be a, a boyfriend or someone we would like to be our boyfriend. Um, or it could be a husband material. Maybe it's a, a, but it's a relationship out here. Now that's the symbolic level. That's what it tends to represent archetypically. However, the logos of it, the logic, is taking action on your emotions. So the opportunity here could be to pursue a new relationship or to pursue deepening an existing relationship. This is about taking action on your emotion feeling the love and then expressing that in the world uh, by going forward in a relationship. Now, where do you start this journey before you start taking advantage of this information? Wow, okay. So you're starting <laughs> at lovers. Okay, wow. No, I was asking if that would be the uh, seven. Of, no, no, this would be seven of pentacles for you. Um, so the lovers card Wow, seeing the lovers show up here. Um, so this is really great reading. Oh, this is where you were starting is a relationship, a deep love, deep relationship, the opportunity to use to take this relationship to the next level. You're feeling confident about how you look. The main thing that we're worrying about right now is the eight of spades. The weakness right now is we're overthinking things. We're taking things too far. We're creating conspiracy theories of like, everything is going well, so therefore everything is bad. And there's also like this ominous feeling of just like, what if? What if is, what if he, what if the reason he's really happy is because he's hiding something? And then there's the inverse of he's angry at me, he hates me. I know it. And then there's the, the coming of the, of the obvious, the flow of emotions and changes. Um, you've got the ups and downs. So whenever you're feeling happy, um, you're thinking, I'm feeling great. And he's not matching your energy level. So you start freaking out because he's like, why isn't he as happy as me? And then when you go down and you're angry, you start looking at him being happy and be like, what is he happy about? I need to know. <laughs> so let's control this. This is the eight of spades. This is a pattern of thought. 
that can come up, and I've, I've dealt with a lot of people that have this. Um, I've noticed it's becoming more and more common in nowadays. Um, I don't know why that is, but just be aware of that and think things through. This is gonna be really beneficial to ground yourself in logos, okay? Um, what that means is learning how to think logically. So this is when you have these theories in your head, you think to yourself, all right, well, how would I test to know if that's true? 90% of the time, I'm gonna be honest with you, I've, I've done this for quite a few people, 90% of the time, your problem could be immediately solved by communicating. Just open your mouth and talk and be like, I'm worried that you're upset with me. And then he'll be like, oh, I'm not upset at you. I'm doing math in my head. And you'll be like, oh, okay, boom, problem solved. Like literally just communicate your emotions, communicate your feelings uh, to the person rather than keeping them up here and just speak them out. And you'll find that that tends to solve most of your problems. I just saw the lover card in person too, Goose. Wow, that's what I'm getting tattooed, the lover's card. Wow, this is awesome. I'm glad to hear, I'm glad to hear. Now, what is the transformation you can expect based on this information? Wow, all right, <laughs> look at this. This is like a work of art. I kinda wanna take a picture of it, which I do a lot for uh, the clients and send them, but the king of hearts. So taking the, the, the prospect, taking action on the relationship, being founded in the lover's card, and then obviously the archetypical here of finding the husband material, finding the long-term relationship, growing your knowledge of your emotions and your wisdom. This is a fantastic layout to see. I'm, I'm very happy to see this. Um, wow, Liz. Well, thank you for bringing your life into my life and uh, giving us a little bit of joy. This is beautiful. And I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you for letting me give you a reading. And give this thing a share. Share it to the group. Share it to the world. Let the world know of your amazing reading you just saw by sharing it everywhere. Let them all know, Liz. Or don't. You just come back on Monday and bring, I don't know, bring like 700 of your friends. That's not too much to ask, right? I want you to just manually go through your friends list and message each one of them. You can maybe set up like an RSVP, uh, maybe send out a handwritten letter. That could be nice, you know, a little script. How many people get handwritten letters today? You know, do, just send it out to about 600-ish of your friends. Tell them, you know, it's no big deal, but if you don't show up, you know, we're not friends anymore. Something like that. I think that would be a good script. <laughs> I'm glad, Liz, that that was uh, beneficial for you. Let me know um, if you have any uh, questions or feedback you'd like on the reading. I'd like to know if it was accurate for you. And thank you for letting me give you a reading. It was fun times, fun times. All right, we're going to test out a new segment here for TJ. Um, TJ had mentioned wanting to get like a card of the day or whatnot. Now, typically when I do this, is this is something that I just do for myself. Um, so I'll bring some awesome Liz, you rock. And did you want to become owlified? Let me know. To become owlified, go on. <laughs> that was the worst attempt at ventriloquism. <laughs> um, if you want to be owlified, all you need to do is come up with a nickname and then followed by the word owl. So that could be a lazy owl or happy owl or lover owl, whatever word you want, followed by the word owl, and then I will owlify you. And that is a process. Speaking of which, I don't have a pen to owlify people. Oh no. I'll have to figure that out. I might have to owlify with an owl that could cause owlception. We'll find out. <laughs> so basically the uh, the concept here. Uh, that I'm testing out for TJ is the thing that I do for myself, which is 
throughout the day, I'll, I'll take, I can take a card and say like, hey, what should, what's something that's important that I should focus on? So keeping in mind for myself, each one of these cards represents a philosopher, an archetypical story, and um, direction and information. And I'm constantly adding more information to each card. So more or less, each one of these is stacked with valuable, extremely distilled intellectual uh, information that is relevant archetypically. So to whatever situation I'm in, I can bring that wisdom out and say, oh, I can see how that applies to my life. Kind of like Aesop's fables. So what I'm doing here is I'm just turning it over and saying, oh, maybe I should focus more on that particular thing today because it's going to be applicable wherever I am in my life because that's the way the archetype works. It's an ongoing story that's always relevant. I'm Moon Owl. Oh, you already have been, have you already been owlified? Awesome. You just gotta let me know what your name is, Liz. Jeez. No, I'm so sorry, Moon Owl. I'm so sorry. So really interesting. I saw a lot of owls the other night, and I thought about you, how you owlify me. <laughs> well, Liz, there's more to that story than meets the eye. <laughs> the owls are the eyes and ears of the wizard. I, they are my friends. We're allied with owls. You, you think it. You just don't know. You don't know. I'm just saying. The owls are our friend. It's my brand. Just a flock of branding. Do you know how much it costs to train a flock of 50 million owls? Yeah, that's right. That was just the first batch. 50 million owls. They don't call me one of the top marketers in the United States for nothing. 50 million owls. <laughs> um, awesome. All right. So back to what we were saying for TJ. So more or less, all I do is just take a card and right here. So for the card for the day here got the Queen of Wands. So the Queen of Wands represents um, thinking about th being patient and spirituality. So the thing that comes to my mind here is the uh, discipline of like Pascal. Pascal of to just sit through and be patient with the process of thinking through logically with our faith. It's the um, just rational approach, the mathematical approach, to sit back, relax, and really deliberate and just say, what are the pros? What are the cons? What is the evidence for my beliefs? Why is this valuable? So for me, if I saw this card coming up, I'd say, oh, I really need to focus on you know, the thinking about, you know, maybe read some C.S. Lewis, some theology. That's gonna be beneficial to me. And really think about the, the logic of the world and the, the reality of the world, logos, the truth. And that's what I would see for you guys today. So obviously that's for myself, but this uh, information will apply differently to you. But that is the card I have for you for tomorrow. Um, how, and that's kind of what I do. So uh, TJ had asked for something along those lines to see what that's like. And that's one of the ways I apply it to myself throughout the day. Do you believe in fairies? What do you mean by a fairy? Like the, like Tinkerbell? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I would assume, let's see, we've got the history, we've got the history of the Irish folk lessons, right? And they're all over there, right? Hmm. Let me see, where are we? Yeah, they're all over the place here. So we got the Irish folk tales. So what could that mean? What is the symbology here? So you have the, the question, of what it, what do you mean by that? So, um, 
the first question is like, so are you talking about like, was there physically creatures that were fairies? I don't know, but it's also like asking, so it's like, for me, it's like, okay, so there's owls, but there's also the symbol of an owl. Uh, there's wizards, and then there's the symbol of wizards. There's, uh, but it, 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 it's, it's hard to understand because it's like, what do you mean? So are there patterns of story and behavior? So you're looking at a story, right? And you read a character. When I go and I read the book of Lord of the Rings, um, Gandalf teaches us a really cool lesson in Lord of the Rings, which is it's not the... Uh, evil does not be is not defeated by great heroes. Evil is defeated by the actions of everyday man working every day together to not to hold evil at bay. That's a lesson that we learn from Gandalf. Now, is Gandalf real? Is, did he convey true information? Because what he's doing is mapping a story that's in our mind. This is what Carl Jung teaches us. There's there's an archetypical character in our mind that is the wizard and it's written into existence and that is what Carl Jung saw that writing and said oh someone wrote the story therefore there is a god that's uh, why Carl Jung said I don't believe in god I know there's a god so you have stories that are so the fairy archetype filling the role of intervening uh, synchronicity into the world that leads you typically into uh, in the traditional folklore into dark times so it's like a trick it's the uh, naivete that's being exploited by demons. <laughs> so that's, that's the traditional fairy tale, is uh, innocence can hide evil. Uh, evil things can disguise themselves under the vise of being gentle and kind. That's like the traditional story. But then you have the inversion of the archetype, which is in uh, like Disney. Disney inverted the archetype and said, no, 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 the fairy is that which intervenes in the divine. It's the, the intervening lever. What Disney was doing there is hijacking Christianity and angels and replacing it with a fairy. So the fairy godmother, for example, is an angel. It's supposed to be an angel archetype, not a fairy archetype. So that's where they kind of screwed with the story. True fairies are um, typically a good thing. Appearing to be gentle and kind is actually guiding you towards evil. So that's, that's kind of the difference there. Um, so you want to be careful with those because Disney... Disney's been screwing with those for a while. <laughs> That's, there's a reason why people criticize Disney a lot. Um, they kind of took archetypical stories and, and deformed a lot of them. So you got to be, be wary of that. Symbolism, symbology, uh, those are two different things. A magical fairy. So yeah, so basically a, a standard might, will, knowledge... Um, might, will, knowledge, those are also three different things. Um, but magical fairy, so power, speech. Speech is power, but also a gun is power. So those are two separate things as well, two different categories. Speech can be used to for acquiring power. Um, speech by itself can be, in some ways, powerful. You can break glass with it. However, uh, might is much more powerful. Overwhelming force, an army, weapons, guns. Um, those are also much more powerful. So two different, two different categories there, Jim. Um, so yeah, that's what I'd be aware of. So the fairy archetype is supposed to be 
the disarming lure. It's kind of like if you've ever seen coyotes, coyotes will play with dogs. Uh, they'll be nice and friendly and try to lure them into a forest and then they kill the dog. It's, it's horrible. But that's what coyotes do. That's kind of what the fairy represents is like you go and you play out in the flowers and you, you see the love and the glitter and everything's great and fine and the magic fairies are flying around. What you don't know is there's a mountain lion hiding in that garden. Really. You know, so you don't know. What looks nice and pristine can hide dark and dangerous things behind it. That's kind of the uh, the archetype. So what does that look like in the magic, in the paracosm of the world? A paracosm being a fantasy world that you create in your head. You could layer on the element of fairy onto the world as a way of perceiving the world. So if you are, quote unquote, looking for fairies... You're looking for things that look nice on the surface, but hide darkness on the other side, and that could teach you to be wary of danger. Um, alternatively, if you want to go with what Disney took from Angels, you could look through synchronistic events that are good and guiding for you in your life. That would be um, looking for synchronicity in your world. So if you're looking for good things to occur, that could be the element of how is God working for me in this time right now? What is the way the world is being set before me uniquely designed so that I can best honor God. That would be the, the mindset, the articulation of what a fairy godmother, i.e. an angel, i.e. synchronicity would represent. Para paracosm. Uh, I don't, I'm not surprised that you're not familiar with it, Jim. Uh, I, for the longest time, was the forefront expert on paracosms because uh, no one else was talking about it. <laughs> there was 25 search results on Google um, when I first started my studies back when I was 18 years old. And um, basically a paracosm is, if you, you remember when you were a child, what you did was, um, well, you may not have, there's a few exceptions to the rule, but uh, the ability to create fantasy worlds in your head, creating imaginary friends. When you'd play with your friends, I'd be the pirate, you'd be the ninja, let's go and have an adventure. And you would explore that fantasy world. That's a paracosm. You still have that. Society right now is designed to shatter your ability to do that. So it gets weakened for a lot of people. For a good chunk of the population, though, about 30%, they still retain that ability to create fantasy worlds. And it's an extremely powerful tool that you can use um, as a, essentially it's augmentation for your life. So you can apply things that um, aren't necessarily true, but are useful. So it's a useful filter for viewing the world. I was certainly talking about it, just didn't use the word. Like normal people do. Yeah, so um, more or less what you're doing here is you can create that as, it's it's a mnemonic system. So you're, you're using your subconscious mind to get gather more data from the infinite data input of the world by layering on a filter and by proxy also filtering out other information. Um, so that's what a paracosm is. And so you can utilize that for a whole host of things. And so that's one of the things that I'm obsessed with, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing. So, like, you could set up a... Here's an example. I, I will cast a benign paracosm for you. Um, have you ever noticed that it's really bizarre, but people who tend to be uh, more intuitive tend to have a lot of blue around them? Because blue is a thing that brings out... Uh, 
intuitive feelings for people. And it's weird that the color blue just surrounding yourself now, as you hear the word blue again, you'll start to notice in your environment that there's more and more blue around you. And as you look around, you might notice that that book was actually blue and your water bottle and that deck of cards and the mop head. And as you look around, you start to notice how much blue really is in your environment and how intuitive you can really be now. So what I've just done there is casted a paracosm for you. I've created a, a world of confirmation bias where now you're gonna look around and start noticing blue things, which will confirm it, and then you're going to realize that you're more intuitive than you thought. Um, now the initial setup, the color blue isn't really associated with intuitiveness at all. I was just saying that to prime the word, but that's a mini paracosm that I just built for you. So you can have fun having augmented reality for about three to five minutes and then it wears off. <laughs> Liz says, yes. <laughs> you're welcome, Liz. I don't know what you're saying yes about, but yes. It was cops. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens, you know? Blue, uh, blue is now going to be about intuitiveness for you, though. So you're going to have fun. When I close my eyes sometimes, I see a blue light. Oh, that's awesome, Liz. Um, gosh, what was it? There was a thing about lucid dreaming that I had read that um, so for some people when they close their eyes there's a light like you're describing blue and apparently you can practice an exercise where if you focus on that you can use that as a um, attentive point for your consciousness and your body can fall asleep but as long as you retain your conscious awareness of the spot you will essentially wake up in your dream and you'll be uh, lucid in your dream it's a technique for doing it there's another fun one called the spot technique. I'll bring it up another stream. I'll teach you guys how to do lucid dreaming if you want to. It's kind of fun. I actually see this color. If not blue, it's pink. I fucking hear that <laughs> Well, don't worry, Jim. It'll be gone in three to five minutes. Here, we can make another one. We can test something. Let's see if Liz is able to see him. Let's try this. We can go for a nice little white one right here in the middle. And we can just make this about tomorrow in our day. We're going to notice that there's opportunities around us to really grow, to learn, and to adapt. We're going to be aware of that the world is filled with energy. It could be positive. It could also be negative. But we can take either one, positive and negative, and use it as an opportunity to develop ourselves. So we'll take that white glowing ball here and just send it on out and bring that into your attention now so i think so i like to think about it as someone having a boy or a girl usually it causes someone pregnant what um lucid dreaming happens a lot to everybody um that's not true it happens to only like two percent of the population and most of the people who it happens to have practiced the uh technique for doing it in fact, Carl Jung wrote extensively about that. Um, and fascinating story. Carl Jung found a person who could not be healed. She was a woman who had been just absolutely atrocity, uh, just atrocity. Wow, that's a misuse of the human language right there. Um, just brutally abused, horrendously abused. Um, and they couldn't help her. She was just completely and utterly traumatized. 
And Carl Jung took her on as a patient to try and help her. And it turned out from his discussions, he found out that she was um, able to lucid dream. Now, she just had constant nightmares. Every night she'd fall asleep, and it would just be abject terror, horrible nightmares. She was sleeping like two, three hours a day. It was absolutely absurd. So the, the girl was like trying to find anyone who could help. And basically the best they had was to just give her their version of like super intense sleep medication, basically just really strong pain medication to knock her out. And that was the only thing that they could do. Um, so what Carl Jung found out was that she could lucid dream. So she was actually aware that she was dreaming when she had these horrible nightmares. And so what he did is he taught her to interact with the dream and ask them what the symbols meant. And then the dream people told her what they meant. And through this process, he was able to analyze her dreams because the dreams just told him what they meant. And he was able to interpret that information. And then in doing so, uh, he was able to heal her. So that's a, it's a pretty fascinating tale of lucid dreaming. You might, I think it was in the Red Book, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, it might have been a man in his symbols. I think it was. Yeah, I think it's in this one. So I like to think about it as someone having a boy or a girl. Usually it causes someone... I don't know what you mean by that, Liz. Uh, turn it off when I'm trying to sleep. That's all I ask. Lies. And no. Stupid lucid dream has helped me deal with nightmares, but they aren't really nightmares anymore. Are you dream a dream mocker? No, it's not a lie. It's, it's an extremely small percent of the population of people who have experienced lucid dreamings. Um, it's not to say that they can't. It's just it's not very common for people to do that. Maybe you should read Freud or uh, Carl Jung. You'll, you'll find out that you're woefully wrong. I have a documentary, or documentary, what am I saying? A lecture on it on YouTube. You can check it out. It's uh, on the interpretation of dreams, uh, chapters one and two of Freud. I have a lecture on YouTube at Ask a Wizard Magic. So if you go over there, you can actually watch. It's like one and a half hour uh, lecture on dream interpretation, the science of dreams, and... Um, what they mean and how to analyze them. Yeah, I know. That's why I use numbers. <laughs> However, be aware, um, there's actually an affiliate marketing campaign going for Lucid Dreamers right now. So um, be aware, you're going to see a bunch of fake nonsense about Lucid Dreaming in the near future. It kind of sucks. Yeah, we address the people who we we address the people who say well, Freud was woefully wrong. Uh, you, you're uneducated. You should actually read his work. Um, everyone says that because there was a campaign on Reddit by loser worm people to say, "Did you know Freud is stupid?" Meanwhile, they don't understand that fifty percent of all of the study of psychology was founded by Freud. The other forty-nine percent was founded by Carl Jung. The other 1% fails 80% of the time to be reproduced in a peer-reviewed study. So, yeah, you should read Freud. But he got some dream stuff wrong. Yeah, I know, Carl Jung corrected him. <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're 100% selling that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an affiliate program. I, I'm a marketer. Um, for real estate so i have to monitor marketing trends and one of them is a ridiculously annoying product about lucid dreaming that is nonsense 
I missed the Reddit. Well, it's not just a Reddit post. It's just that they... Reddit tends to fester people who are uh, worm people, people who aren't intelligent, um, but really, really, really want to be smart. So more or less what they are is these people who are slightly above average um, and then think that their value in life is derived by being intelligent. And so they use that as a leverage point to think, I'm a special boy because I am smart. Um, and because they think that, they don't actually try. They don't try to develop anything. They don't work on craftsmanship, like which this stream is about. And instead, they just revel in the fact of, I am smart, therefore should be the king. And don't realize the reason you become the king isn't for being smart. It's because you work really, really hard. You're a great leader. You're able to organize. You're able to uh, be self-sacrificing. You're willing to... Uh, take make harsh decisions you're willing to tell people what to do there's a whole host of things that go into being a good leader rather than being smart uh, in fact being smart can be a hindrance in some cases and so they spiral and then they develop envy and then they de develop self-hate and then they just kind of spend their time bothering people um, that they see doing things because it basically there's so much hate in them that they just want other people to feel it because they want other people to share in their misery and then they go on the internet and criticize people to feel like they're special boys and smart. No, it's 100% nice. I'm doing them a favor. I've identified the worm people. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're a tragedy to society. It's, it's really... They're really sad. They're really sad. I, I honestly have... Um, what would you call it? I'm biased towards them. I'll be 100% uh, honest with that. I, I definitely have a strong revulsion towards that type of personality, more so than most people do. Um, uh, that might be have to do with my personality type, which is different as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I disdain them. <laughs> but I do feel bad because I, I understand where their pain is coming from. What do you mean by power and speech? What do you mean, getting to power in speech? They're different. We already discussed that. You talking about mean people? No, not mean people, worms. You can be mean and be productive. You can be mean and be a leader. You can be mean and be a effective delegator. You can be mean and be uh, good at doing your job. You can be mean and be want to be the secret magic leader of the world. I'm so cool and special, amazing because I'm smart. All of those people can be mean. They can also be good. Um, morality doesn't really factor into the personality type. It's just a behavioral pattern. You do need to be more to be you do need to be specific. Two of my neighbors called the cops on me and I ain't even mad. Then the, just then just power to start. It, it, I'm being extremely precise in my language. You might not be understanding what I'm saying, but that doesn't change the fact that I'm being very precise. I'm, I'm describing exactly the archetype. Um, if you want a good example of them in nature, uh, or in nature, in literature, uh, a good one would be the worm tongue from the guy that whispers into the ear of the king in Lord of the Rings. That's an example of a worm person of just a loser who thinks that he should be in charge even though he's no rightful cause to it he just is spitting poison the one that in the hobbit also that dresses up as a woman and avoids the war and grabs the coins that guy in lord in the hobbit 
is another example of a worm personality type. Then just power to start. Well, why did you get the cops called on you, Jim? I don't understand. Then just power to start. What do you... I don't understand what you're talking about, Jim. What do you want? <laughs> do you want a reading about power? Is that what you're looking for? You got to get share next to your name, Jim, if you want a reading. You want a reading, you got to get share. This has been a fun stream. No, you're fine, man. Don't worry at all, DJ. You're good. Then just power to precisely inaccurate. No, no. Um, I'm being accurate in my description. For knocking on my neighbor's door. Why were you knocking on your neighbor's door? Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Yeah, you got to share the stream if you want to get a reading. If you want a reading, you got to share. That's the rule. Like, follow, and share to get share an extra name. And that will qualify you for the $10 reading. I do. It's uh, paypal.me forward slash askawizard. Oh, did I not put that in the chat today? I'm sorry. I don't really concern myself with the money that much. It's mostly so I can uh, set up a tortuous interference uh, for my particular stream. So, because uh, Facebook doesn't like what I do. They tend to ban me and uh, censor my thing, shut it off, send waves of people. It's, 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 it's a whole, it's a whole deal. You should, nice message and be a friendly neighbor. Oh, interesting. Well, sounds like they don't want you there. Why do you want to go there and be an unwanted guest? That seems silly. If I went somewhere and I walked into a bar and they're like, Ew, get him out of here. We hate that guy. I wouldn't try to stay. I'd be like, oh, I don't seem to be welcome here. I'll go find a new place that I am welcome. <laughs> why would you Why would you do that? It seems absurd and invasive and kind of just weird. That's not true at all, Jim. Not even remotely true. Um, sharing with 10 people, it won't get me $10. That's, again, it's not about money. I, I'm not concerned about the money. I'm concerned about reaching people. I want to give readings to people who need them and share wisdom with them. So I'm, I'm not concerned. The, the value is in the friendship and in the owls and in the ability to spread logos. It was only two out of, like, 20 that called the cops, and one of them posted their shitty ring. Jim. Jim. Are we, are we all clear in the head right now? Are, are, are we, have we been drinking a little bit, Jim? Well, let's be honest. You've been drinking a little bit? I think you have, Jim. What do you think? Let me know. Maybe I'm just misreading. Maybe you're just, you know, getting a little off on the table, but let me know, Jim. And the question is, if you are, what are you trying to avoid? What's the, 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 yeah, it's a weird to knock on your neighbor's door and stand six feet away and talk to them? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty weird. Um, yeah, I'd feel uncomfortable if someone did that. I live in California, though. It's a little different here. Um, I don't know where you live, but I'd feel uncomfortable about that. It would bother me. But back to the real subject, Jim. Have we been doing a little drinking, Jim? Is it? Why? Why? Why, why do we need to do that? 
What if... <laughs> what what is the what's the reason? Why do we need to feel differently than our conscious? Why do we need to change it? What are we trying to avoid something? Um, you know, because that damages your body in the long term. So we want to be careful with that. Are are you feeling good, Jim? Is everything all right? Just want to make sure you're good, man. Nice. Well, I've never had that experience. I live in California my whole life, so I, I don't know what it's like to um, go around door to door with neighbors. <laughs> that would be very considered very odd and intrusive. No, no, I'm not, Jim. I'm being legitimate. Just trying to interpret your writing style. It's kind of discombobulated. Um, it's kind of incoherent. There's a lot of disconnected trains of thought. Um, and so I'm trying to identify the behavioral pattern you're on so that I can get the wisdom that you need to hear that will help you grow. I'm the me, everything is good. Okay, okay. Let's take a look. Let's take a look, Jim. All right, all right. Past, present, and future. So we're looking at wisdom and knowledge right here in the past. Okay, so the King of Spades is telling me about knowledge of wisdom. So you're looking into the past of a state where you felt like you knew everything. Um, you're in a point where you knew, uh, felt like you knew how the world worked. You had set this down. Now you're in a place where you're kind of in a stagnant spot where you don't really know what the next move is. You're not scared of the beer sniffles. Um, that's what we call the, the, you know, the plague thing so that we don't get filtered by Facebook. But the beer sniffles. Um, so you're in this place of patience where you're looking around and you see, huh, there isn't much, uh, I'm not afraid of this, but the people around me are, and that could be troubling for me. So I'm thinking that's where the stress is building up here. So we're getting a lot of anxiety built up, not from a fear of the virus itself, but because of the people around you and their behavioral patterns. So um, that's making a lot of sense where we're seeing here where you're kind of just sitting back and like, what do we do here? What's the move? What's the play? Uh, with me. Uh, oh, yeah, I haven't been there. You didn't. I've. I, I, again, I don't know what you're trying to say there, Jim. However, the future, it's saying, is a completion in your old way of thinking. So uh, your deep philosophical foundations. What this is telling me is that um, the principles by which you've laid down, the, the thing that you describe yourself as that who I am and why I am is ending right now. And you're kind of in this place where it's like, well, what, what am I then? This is usually where you want to start going on a new journey, trying to grow, explore new ideas, develop yourself, pick a goal, set an objective, and move towards that goal. It's going to be beneficial for you in this time right now. So that's what I'm getting the impression of right here. See, you are good at this, and I am not afraid, so avoid that. Fuck, typo again, live. Oh yeah, if you haven't been there, you didn't live. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, Jim, I think that what we need to do really here is we need to focus in on uh, not being so afraid or not being, not trying to be too patient in this moment right now. We want to take action. We want to improve. We want to grow. And so this could be done very well by simply 
focusing on doing things that don't discombobulate our consciousness, maybe separate them. Let's cut out the filters of other people in our lives. We don't need to be seeing the thoughts of someone on YouTube. We don't need to be seeing the thoughts of someone on a podcast. We don't need to hear the news. We don't need the flashing boxes. They're not helping. Let's, let's cut that out. And then what, what's left? Where are we at? And take an audit of where you're at. What are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? And then from that position, that's where you can really start growing. That's where you can start setting objectives. A lot of the brain space is taken up by this nonsense, and we don't need that nonsense. There's two sides of the coin. One side is to scare people about the virus. The other side is to make people think, wow, the people who are scared of the virus are stupid. Both of those are tricks. Don't fall for that. Take the middle path. Grow, improve, promote the beautiful, the good, and the true. Focus on that, and you're going to be a way better spot than where you're at right now. The problem is you started trying to fix me, help other people. I'm already doing what I can. Uh, well, Jim, you came to the wizard den. I leave no hero unstarted. That's what a wizard does. A wizard finds people who aren't heroes and tries to get them to go on their hero's journey. I grab them by the scruff and I throw them out on their journey. That's what I do. You weren't expecting genuineness, but you got it. Isn't that weird? And I think with that, we'll read an Aesop's fable. Uh, we'll get the paid link in the chat here for you guys, because I forgot that in the beginning. Me forward slash ask a wizard. If you're feeling like you're already doing what you can, Jim, the next step is to uh, isolate and identify the things that are the key principles that are going to improve what you do. How do you do that? It's very simple. You need to analyze what is working and what is not, eliminate what isn't, and increase the quantity of what is. And with that, we're going to read an Aesop's Fable. Let's get started. Which one? Oh, we've got this one. <clears throat> the wolf and the crane. A wolf once got a bone stuck in his throat. So he went to a crane and begged her to put her long bill down his throat and pull it out. I'll make it worth your while, he added. The crane did as she was asked and got the bone out quite early, easily. The wolf thanked her warmly and was just turning away when she cried, What about the fee of mine? Well, what about it? Snapped the wolf, baring his teeth as he spoke. You can go about boasting that you once put your head into a wolf's mouth and didn't get it bitten off. What more do you want? In serving the wicked, expect no reward, and be thankful if you escape injury for your pains. What a dark and interesting story. Aesop's Fable has been taking a dark a dark turn lately, and I'm enjoying it, but um, man, that's uh, that's profoundly dark. But great, I enjoyed it. It's like you say all these things, Aesop's, I'm the only one watching. Heck yeah, Aesop's Fable, it crushes. I love Aesop's Fable. Um, that's a little bit of wisdom, it's a little bit of deep, profound, archetypical wisdom for you guys from over 4,000 years ago. So thank you very much for tuning in. Um, have a great day and I will see you guys on Monday. Peace.